One, two, three, and the place to be, party people, is the BKMC, Talib Kweli. We out here outside, outside. We in the Bronx for real. We are at 1520 Sedgwick Avenue, where hip-hop was invented. One of the first homes of hip-hop. Shout out to Grandmaster Kaz. Shout out to DJ Cool Herc. Shout out to my man Crazy Legs. Right now, there's DJs on stage. The music is going right now. We are really, really in New York City. And because we're really in New York City, we had to have a very New York City guest on the People's Party right now. We have an American politician, a motivational speaker, an activist, a nominee who's actually the winner for the Ninth City Council District of New York City. When he was just a teenager, him and his four friends were wrongly convicted of the rape and assault of a jogger in Central Park. They were then known as the Central Park Five. These days, we know them as the Exonerated Five. Since his release, he has served on the board of the Innocent Project. I, I rock with the Innocence Project. He writes books. He's a poet, he's an artist, he come from this hip-hop culture. There have been movies made about his, his play. There have been documentaries made about his play. He went from the streets of Harlem to the prisons of Rikers Island to a Lifetime Achievement Award from President Barack Obama. He has written for the New York Post. He has, he has written for all types of magazines and publications. This man is now about to take Harlem into a new, brighter future. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. Dr. Youssef Salam of the Exonerated Five. Peace and love. Blessings, blessings, family. Blessings, brother. Oh, man. How you feeling? We outside, family. We are, look at this. We right here outside. It might even street. rain. We might have to move because of the rain. But yo, That's how outside we are. That's how outside we are. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling? Oh, man, I'm feeling so good. New York City. New York City. I, listen. I used to say, yo, look, I can't complain, but I really can't complain now. That's right. It's about us doing what we were born to do. That's right. What we were chosen to do. That's right. By the grace of God. That's right. We are born on purpose. On purpose. With a purpose. Yes, indeed. I've learned from you. <laughs> um, we the same age. So we have a lot of the same influences from the same city. Yes, sir. You know, tell me about how hip-hop influenced you growing up. My goodness. You know, so hip-hop early on gave us an outlet. There was music in the messages that the hip-hop artists, the hip-hop legends, man, exposed. Yeah, yeah. There was music in the message. Yes. And there was a message in the music. That's right. Hip-hop for me, I wanted to be a hip-hop artist. I remember going to ASCAP Records, picking up a rap application way back when. Right. And I got cold feet. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When they convicted me, I was 16. I was able to stand up and spit a rhyme. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to spit tonight on stage. You gonna bust tonight? Listen, it was so important and imperative that I stood up for myself. Because if I don't use my voice for me, my voice will be used against me. Right. So, for me, hip-hop was strong even way back then. Right. Hip-hop is still strong. Hip-hop is what moves the culture all around the world. That's right. And now we get the opportunity to be recognized 50 years later. 50 years. Oh, my goodness. No doubt. I've seen some of your rhymes, some of your poetry. I've read some of the poems, <laughs> so I know you got bars. Um, you grew up around Julia, Julie Dash, right? Yes. That's a yes. that's a great, great, iconic filmmaker in our culture. A lot of people don't know about her, but she's very important yes, in the world of black film. Pioneer. My father was in Daughters of the Dust. Okay, so but, you, you, was know, all, you was tapped in. I was tapped in, but, okay. the, you know, Sankofa, all of that stuff. I mean, like, the, oh, you, like literally, all of that stuff is so okay. 
Not a lot of people know about the movie Sankofa. Man, my grandmother gave me that film. Haile Gerimer. I used to work at Akiru Books, and we used to sell VHS tapes $150 a pop. Wow. So your grandmother spent bread to get you that. Because it was it was out of print for Yes indeed. It was hard to get. It was. You know? Yeah. And that wasn't our price. That was changed up. That was their price. We didn't we wasn't trying to get the community like that, but that was Haile Jerima's price. He was trying to get his you know, that wasn't yesterday's price. Yes, sir. Sankofa's out of print. I need to get a copy of that digitized. I haven't seen well, it. Well, you know, Ava DuVernay and Array, they basically bought it, and now they they put it out on their I platform. didn't know that. Yeah. Shout out to Ava. She does great work. Yes, indeed. Um, I really enjoyed that film she did about y'all oh, experience. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, just to let you know, Level said, the Central Park Five gave us our voices back. Mm -hmm. When they see us change the world for us. I mean... Speak on it. Oh, my goodness. Speak on it. Central Park Five was such a blessing because, you know, Ken Burns basically was like, look, I narrate all my films. I don't want to do that with y'all. I want y'all to speak. Yeah. And by, uh, by him giving us the platform to say our words, to use our words in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. game changer. Yeah. And for people who don't know who watching, Ken Burns is maybe the most important documentary. My goodness. In America. In, yeah, in America. Point yeah. blank period. Yeah. Point blank period. When they would do the name, said, I got next. She took it to a level of necessity and the urgency of now because she included the voice that was missing. And what was that voice? Our children. Families. She needed to re yeah. recreate this legacy in the children's eye yes. so that they knew what was at stake. Yes. My goodness, 190 plus countries got to see When They See Us when it was released. Wow. The premiere itself was at the Apollo. And I'm sitting next to folks like Alicia Keys, and I'm just right. like, yo, that's, that's Alicia Keys right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Harlem's own. My gosh. Now, when I was growing up, Spofford was a, a bad word. Wow. Like, that was a place that you didn't want to go. Not at all. Not at all. And that's where they sent y'all. That's where they sent us. I interviewed Havoc from Mob Deep recently. And on their debut album, uh, Juvenile Hell, they got songs where they talk about the experience of Spofford. And Havoc said, I didn't go. I had friends who went. But the stories were so ill that I wanted to make a song about it. Yeah, yeah. So for people who wasn't outside at that time, tell them what Spofford represented. Nah, Spofford was a spot you didn't want to go to. Yeah. And the crazy part about it is that Spofford was the tier one facility for young people. That's right. Now, this is a jail. It's yeah. not like... You're going to prison. That's right. This is like a jail where you got to go back and forth to court. Spofford was our Rikers Island. Right. The only thing that was different was that we didn't get murdered. School to prison pipeline. School to prison pipeline. Yeah. But one of the worst places that you could go to. So worse, in fact, they don't even have, like, Spofford's not here today. That's right. I still, like, you know, I remember where it used to be, where you, you know, drive, I would see it driving to my, my family's house in the Bronx. I'm going to see it, and my parents be like, you don't want to go there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. I didn't want to go there. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure. You know what they do in our community? Uh, they they do tell it. us we're going to be dead or in jail before we reach the age of 21. I heard you speak about the fact that when you do speaking engagements, you say yeah. that to the audience, and 100% of the black and brown people say that they hear that growing up. Yes, indeed. I heard that when I was growing up. Yes, indeed. That's tragic. But you know what's important about that is this. When we do the knowledge, right, what do we, what, what do we see when we do the knowledge? We realize, hold on, none of us planned that for our future. Yeah. Like, I didn't sit down and write down, you know what, man, I'm going to get the cars, I'm going to get the this and the that. Yeah. You know what, I think I want to check out.
Yeah. By the time I'm 21. Right, right. No, we wouldn't choose that for ourselves. Right. So how was that seed of devaluation able to thrive in our communities? My mother said it best. She said they need you to participate in whatever it is they're trying to do. That's right. Do not That's right. participate. Refuse. And so all that we do, even here right now, we're 50 years later, hip-hop is being celebrated. Participate in your growth and development. Yes, yes. Refuse to participate in the degradation. That's Man. right. Curate your own experience. Yes, indeed. And make it make sense for you and make it efficient. Mm. I know Nori was in Rikers at the same time y'all was in Rikers. Yeah. Did you have a relationship with Nori? I didn't have a relationship with Nori until we got Capone the family together. Okay. And I was in I was on the same housing unit with Nori. Okay. And then I was on a housing unit with Capone. <laughs> yeah, Capone and Noriega, they really did date. They yes, really indeed. they from that that soil for real. Absolutely. Um, I went to Nori's 25th anniversary. Man. And I saw uh, Raymond there. Yes, indeed. You know, yes, chilling indeed. out, having a good time. Oh, yeah. Enjoying oh, yeah. his life. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. As we should. As y'all should. As we should, because it was a life interrupted, a life stolen. We weren't supposed to be living this reality right That's now. That's right. That's right. Not at all. That's right. Now, I've been a very, very vocal critic of Donald Trump, not just when he became a politician, but my whole life. I am somebody who grew up in New York City not liking Trump. You know, when they be like, you know how the, the criticism is, well, nobody had nothing bad to say about him until he ran for president. That's not true. That's not true. I remember seeing that ad yeah. in the New York Post calling for the murder of the Central Park Five. Yes, indeed. This man called for y'all to be murdered. Yeah. And it wasn't democratic. It wasn't judicial. It was based on emotions. It was based on maintaining the white supremacist ideology that these these young men, these young black men, are guilty until proven innocent. So um, how crazy was it that a man who tried to have you murdered became president of the country? You know what's wild about it is for me, for me, I know that God is real. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to tell you why I'm saying it like that. Yes, indeed. Because for me, I needed to meet that level of evil mm. at mm. a young age, an age where I could still bounce back from it. Mm -hmm. Not an age where I was older and was instilled and infused with fear, mm -hmm. but an age where I had to hold on to the rope of God in the face of certain death. Mm. This guy didn't just want to kill us. That ad was a whisper into the darker enclaves of society for them to do to us what they did to Emmett Till. That's right. And you best believe they was trying. I mean, listen, they still want us dead. That's how real this is. Absolutely. Because y'all wasn't supposed I'm, to make it. I'm not unwise to that truth. When people say, you know, we have a lot of tragedies that happen in this country, and people say, you know, it's un-American, and that's not what this country's about. And that's a, a strange thing to say, because that's exactly what this that's country is. That's exactly what this country is. That's exactly right. what the plan is. Yes, sir. Yeah. They say it is as American as apple pie. As American as apple pie, that's right. And that's the truth. Like, we got to be able to say, hold up. Yes, we want different. And the worst thing about it is that they rain on you. They defecate on you and tell you it's something else. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Like, I'm looking at you raining on me. I'm looking right. at you defecating on me. And you're saying, nah, it's all good. Right. It's going to be fun, right? Right. Oh, sir. Right. Um, rest in peace to Khalif Browder. My God. Because My God. what happened to him and Rikers could have very easily happened to y'all. And as a reminder of, you know, like you said, God is real. I think about this because I'm the same age as you. Yeah. When this was happening, what was happening to y'all 
We were watching the news. It was a nightly news story, a daily story in the news. I was a. It was like a nightly sitcom. Yeah, it was a TV show. It was a TV that show. And I was watching, and I'm the same age as you, terrified. So when me and my friends, a lot of my friends is here with me today. We would, I lived in walking distance of King Plaza Mall. Wow. And there was not a lot of activities for us, so we'd walk to the mall. Yes, indeed. Four or five of us go to the mall, y'all a wolf pack. Now y'all wilded. They use that language on all of us. The on all of us. The rush drove the yes. whole black and brown community. Yes. I know how it felt for me, how it reverberated to me, not, not going through that. Can you speak to how it was feeling to you going through that? You know, the crazy part about it is that I had my mother, I had my grandmother, and they made sure that it, that it didn't affect me in the way that they wanted it to affect me. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was born on purpose and with a purpose. If I didn't know that, man, you know how afraid I would be? My, my development was arrested. Right, But they wanted Absolutely. me to accept it. They wanted me to accept the definition that they were trying to give me that I was not my ancestors' wildest dreams, but rather my ancestors' wildest nightmares. That's right. And of course, my grandmother, my mother, my community said, no, you're worthy. You're supposed to be here. Yes. You're born on purpose and with a purpose. Yes. Never forget that God doesn't give you more than you prepare. That's right. I had to grow through that in order to become who I was supposed to be right now, and I'm still becoming. That's right. That's the beautiful thing about this story. That's right. There's no period at the end of this sentence yet. That's right. Because the period comes with our death. That's right. That dash in between our birth and our death, that's the legacy. That's the thing that they say, don't leave this world without a trace. Make the world know, let the world know you're supposed to be here. That's what that is. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I call it the beautiful struggle. My God. Um, you brought up your grandmother. I want to say rest in peace. Yes, indeed. You speak in your book about how when she wrote you letters, she called you Master Yusef Salam and, and the impact that that had. And I know she passed away in 2014, which is the same year that the city gave y'all this apology. Um, I brought up Large Professor because Large Professor said, or not on this show, but on Drink Champs, he said, I don't know anybody who doesn't know their grandma. Wow. I know people, and I never thought about that. Wow. I know people who don't know their mom. Don't know they, they pops, wow. don't know their grandfather. Yes, indeed. But I don't know anybody who don't know their grand, grandmother. Ain't that crazy? I'm thinking the same, like, yeah, that's, that's facts. It's facts, right? That's... Something about grandma. Yeah. Yeah, so, rest in peace to grandma, but um, what did that apology mean, if anything? Well, apology of sorts. Of sorts, <laughs> right. Apology. Remember, right? Right. In the acknowledgement that there was an injury, there was no real apology given to us. Right. The worst part about it is that we get apologies from everybody else other than the actual people yeah. who ran over us with the spike wheels of justice. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that they tried to compensate us, I want you to remember, when we sued, we sued for $50 million each. That was a total of $250 million. Yes. Our families sued because they were equally injured for what they did to them as well. They gave us $41 million. All in. Total. All in, right. Didn't give our families a dime. Crumbs off the table. But look at God. God multiplies what it is. That's right. Because you can't deny... And God shows you that money isn't everything. Money's not everything. Right. right. There's cultural currency that yes, you indeed. have obtained yes, that cannot be duplicated or replicated. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about being thankful. Yes. Because I could have lost my mind through this whole process. Yes. I could have become enraged and bitter by this whole process, but I heard the woes of Nelson Mandela. 
I've read those words like that's my God. Look at this. I'm showing you. <laughs> read, read this next question right here. Wow. What lessons? <laughs> <laughs> we right there. We right there. But before I ask this question, because I was going to set it up, so right. I'm still going to set and my it up. Grandma. Your grandmother. My grandmother. When she wrote those letters, mm -hmm. it was speaking life into me. Mm -hmm even though she wasn't there in the prison. Yeah. She was making sure that they, because she knew they read my letters. Yeah. They need, she needed them to know who they had. Yeah. And she needed me to know whose I was. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, when I went down to Ferguson, I went down there to um, sort of get my eyes on the protest firsthand. Yes, indeed. Shout out to J. Cole. I saw J. Cole doing it, and I'm like, that's, that's my young bro. If, wow. if young bro could, could wow. go, I could go. Yes, indeed. And, um, what I saw on the ground of Ferguson was a radicalization. Working class people, poor people, uh, a, a mostly black community. People were students and, and you know, blue collar workers who overnight, because of Mike Brown's murder, yeah. became activists. My overnight, God. My God. stopping what they doing. Now, whether or not y'all had the freedom to dive into becoming activists, y'all became political prisoners overnight. We were. It, 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 everything about what happened to y'all was politicized. It was about race, it was about culture, it was about class, all of that stuff. And so I liken y'all to our political prisoners. Mumia Abu-Jamal, rest in peace to Matulu Shakur. Oh and so Nelson Mandela, one of the most mm. famous political prisoners of all time. What are the lessons that you learned from his journey? Mandiba, as his people yes. lovingly call him, is known to have said, to be angry and bitter is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. Mm -hmm. I had to taste those words. I had to digest those words. I had to live with what that meant mm -hmm. because I didn't understand. I was, in, I was angry. I was bitter, embittered by this. Yes. But when I read those words and I understood what he meant, I could spend the rest of my days even just thinking about Donald Trump. I know for a fact that he doesn't think about me. Right. So I'm chasing right. after Facts. someone else who I'm not even a blip on their radar. Yeah. Been there, done that. He might not, like, that was just a thing for him to do. It wasn't like, I'm going to have a campaign against Yusuf Salam. But the fact that it takes hold and grows in our community. Because, see, when white supremacy, white male dominance is echoed throughout time, we are the ones that are left with the reminder yeah. that they want to kill us. We're the ones that are left with the reminder that we should be enraged. But what happens when you become enraged? You get out of your mind. That's right. You Maya, lose your mind. Maya Angelou, you quote her talking oh, about goodness. why we should be angry, yeah. but what to do in that space. I mean, that's the part that's important. We should be angry. We must not be bitter. Right. She said bitterness is like a cancer. It eats upon the host. Yeah. It doesn't do anything to the object of its displeasure. That's right. And then she tells us how we can become alchemists. She says, use that anger. Yeah. You dance it. I mean, think about it. 50 years later, hip hop. What did we do? We created a whole new dance form. You dance it. You march it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just the other day was the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. Yes. You dance it, you march yes. it, you vote it. She said you do everything about it. Yes. Then she said you talk it. Never stop talking it. The importance of being able to do something to get out, like to, 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 to break the shackles that is trying to entrap your mind 
That's one of the, reas the reasons why when we come home from prison, we're stuck in time. Yeah. We gotta move. We got like we gotta be able to figure out how do we move forward. Yeah. Because systemically, they want us to be there with our development. To participate. To participate in our yeah. demise. Yeah. Man. Your, your book is called "Better, Not Bitter." Yes, indeed. Which is taking all these lessons and paying it forward. Um, you use the term in your book "cycle socially accepted." Yes, indeed. I had yes, never indeed. heard that term before, but that is a very efficient term to talk about what a lot of people go. Well, not a lot, but just about all yeah. people who come home. Um, right. The whole process of um, recidivism mm. and why it's mm. important to pay attention to what this word means and to pay attention to what, what people who go through that system have to deal with when they come out. It's not over when you get out. Can you speak to that? Oh, it's definitely not over when yeah. you get out. As a matter of because fact. Because you lost some jobs when they found out who you was, Man, right? you know what the worst part about it is that I got educated. I was listening to Malcolm X when he said education is the passport to the future. Right. I took that literally and said, I'm going to be all right. Right. Because I knew that they could take my freedom, but they couldn't take my ability to be educated. Right. But coming home thinking that this paper was going to give me uh, an invisibility cloak. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? They made sure that they tried to kill every opportunity of success, shutting all of them making sure that I would never rise up the ladder of success. Let me tell you something. As a person of faith, when I read the Quran, and I read this one verse, it says, all roads lead to God, but some roads do not go straight. My That's God, a bar. That's a bar. Listen. The Quran got some bars in it. All you got to do is hold on to the rope. Right. Because when they sweep the rug from underneath your feet, as long as you're holding on, you're going to come through the storm a different person. That's right. You're going to know what it means to hold on and why you should. Yeah. I got a letter. I got a, basically, I got a pink slip in the newspaper saying that I got a, that I got an accent. I got the accent work. They were trying to cut my hours because they found out who I was. And I said, listen, well, let's just do this. Let me go to school on the days that I don't go to work. They said, no, you either going to come to work and not go to school or you're going to not come to work at all. Right. The next day, in the papers, Yusuf Salam gets the axe at work. Didn't even give me a choice. Pink slip. Wow. You finished. And this was public. This was public. But the beautiful thing about it is that I went from there, cleaning and putting the windows in Espinar Gardens, to working as a wireless technician at New York Presbyterian Hospital, to leaving there to becoming one of the wireless engineers over five hospitals at North Shore LIJ. Look at God. Look at God. To leaving that to becoming a motivational speaker, celebrated author, yeah. now politician. Yes. Mm. Well, you had to make space, right? You had, to, you had to create space for you to be who you were born to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. And speaking of faith, let's get into that a little bit because I know My that God. Islam has been a part of your life yes, since indeed. inception. Yes, indeed. yes, indeed. And, um, you know, a lot of brothers find Islam in jail, but for you... It wasn't quite like that. No. I want to shout out Brother Abdul Rashid. Yes, indeed. I know he's very instrumental in yes, your journey. Yes, indeed. Um, a, a part of your book that was very interesting to me is you talking about Islam in the prison system and you ministering, creating space for that humanity, creating your own systems, your own constitution, yes. your own uh, way of being with each other, mm. and um, how that helped you from not losing your mind. You know, I love the fact that you describe it like that because even though I knew that that's what it was, I still had to come to that truth 
even to more recent times. Because Islam, and just like all faiths, it's in a box. But it's only in the box that you put it in. The truth of the matter is that it is the very nature of your life. They, they, that's they what the word means. Yeah, right? they, don't, they don't have to be a disconnection. Right. It means, and this is the part that's beautiful, we all know this because our families have told us this, our, our elders have said it. They said what? They said, let go and let God. That's Islam. Yeah. That's what a Muslim is. One who has turned their will over to the will of God. So let go and let God is like, I don't control nothing. But God is the author of everything. And if I'm plugged into that source, and you come against us, yeah. the people of God, yeah. you better watch out. Yeah. Because we won't be denied. Yeah. That's a deep. That's, That's a word. Now, one of the biggest aspects of the Exonerated Five situation, one of the biggest takeaways is we have to teach, in particular, young black people to know their rights and to know the law. Absolutely. It's very important. A lot of the reason y'all got railroaded is because of these confessions, right? Can you speak to how it can be dangerous to not know your rights and not know the law? I mean, the worst part about it is that we think that we can just go to the officers and tell uh, tell them a story. Miranda you, you says... You think that people are as honest as you're trying to be. We think they are, yeah. but Miranda tells you the whole story right up front. We don't believe them. Miranda says, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Yeah. Not might be used against you. Can and will. But they will use what you say against yeah. you in a court of law. Yeah. So now imagine me telling the truth. I went in there and told the truth. I came in with Corey Wise. They beat Corey Wise up and made him make a false statement. Right. Antron McCray, false statement. And, and you're speaking to the fact that these uh, confessions didn't line up these at were, all. These were false confessions that yeah. didn't match anything that the forensic scientists knew. Right. And y'all, and how old were y'all at this time? 14, 15, 14 years 16 old. years old. Children. Yeah. Children. Yeah. Not having a fighting chance. And even though Antron's mother and father was there, they emasculated his dad. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what did his father do? His father said, man, they will kill you. I want you to live. Yeah. Just survival. Tell them what they want to know. For us, survival has trumped humanity in a lot man. of ways. But those of us whose lives have been stolen have left a legacy that is remembered and reverberates right now. The fact that I can still think about a Dr. Martin Luther King 60 years after he marched on Washington. The fact that I know that there's, no, there's not a choice between a Malcolm or a Martin. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these individuals gave me sustenance. Right. The fact that I can talk about a Joanne Chesimar. My daughter's name is Asada. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, my daughter's name is Asada. That's right. But you see what I'm saying? Like the, the fact that the legacy is there, letting us know that in the dioxyribonucleic acid that is them, they've already passed the baton to us in order for us to know how to break generational curses. That's right. That's the beauty of what this is about. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's right. We at this hip hop event, it's 50 years of hip hop. Hip-hop culture has one of the most famous protest songs of all time, Fuck the Police. Oh. Shout out to N.W.A., shout out to, you know, Ice Cube, Easy, and Dr. Dre. You know, fuck the police and defund the police and abolish the police. These have been popular concepts in social justice circles yes, for a long time and activist circles for a long time, but it became more popular uh, after Breonna Taylor and after George Floyd. Yes, indeed. Now, you have now 
ran for office and, and won, and now you're in a position to work with police. And I've heard you use a term that I thought was interesting, righteous policing versus unrighteous policing. Absolutely. Can you break down what you mean by that? Well, think about it. The only time we hear about- My son, what's good? Bless us, People's Party alum, my son. <laughs> you know, you know, I had to come to the boogie oh, down and get the right. get the people's party on right. a home a home turf. I love y'all, no The people's no. party in the BX, no doubt. In the home of hip hop, no doubt. Two of my favorite people, man. Love no doubt. We fuck Bless with my my song with his You know, the thing about it is that whenever we hear about police, it's because they've done a bad thing. The majority of police, though, we never hear about. So what we need to do is to be able to be a people who say, you know, Mayor Adams called the graduating class of officers mm -hmm. guardians of society. Mm -hmm. I took exception to that. Okay. Because I remember being in an audience and a young girl, 13 years old at the time, stood up in that audience and said to me, she said, I'm a cadet. I want to become a cop. What advice can you give me? I had to have a pregnant pause moment because I wanted to tell her to run. I wanted to tell her not to become a cop. But I realized that I wasn't talking to a cop. I was talking to a, a future guardian of society. Right. And by the time I described to her what it was that just Dr. King said, if she became a cop based off of what I said, she is one of the best officers out there. Because see, what happens in our lives is that we have instances of egregious acts that causes us to protest. But politically, it becomes the politics of protest as opposed to the politics of governance. That's interesting, yeah. And yeah. so we are challenged in the mental state of what happens to a life interrupted. We are challenged in that. And we gotta be like, you know what? Never, never, never right. should we allow ourselves to be controlled like a puppet. That's right. Dr. King said, and I said it to that young lady, when you find your purpose in life, do it as if God himself called you to do it at this very moment. Yeah. Here's a young girl, 13 years old, telling me she wants to be an officer. I don't know a lot of 13-year-olds like that. Yeah. So when I see you on the side of cop cars to serve and protect throughout the nation, that means something different for me. Mm -hmm. When I see in New York, a place where they didn't even give Eric Gardner the first letters off of the cop car, the CPR. The courtesy professionalism. Courtesy professionalism and, yeah, and respect. respect. Yeah. That means something to me. Yeah. But for the officers that are offering us courtesy professionalism and respect, for the officers that are the guardians of society, we need more of those righteous actors yeah. and less of the unrighteous ones. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of unrighteous actors. Yeah. But those bad apples spoil the bunch. Yeah. As long as they exist, there will always be a politics of protest. And as you said a word there, because, and, and to keep it a buck, it's not just bad apples, but you're right, the bad apples spoil the bunch. It's the bad apples and it's the co-signing. Right. The, the, Systemically. The, the Blue Lives Matter, the, 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 the wall of silence. Right, which that. tells me that it's culture. the system is not alive and well. Mm -hmm. The system is alive and sick. Yeah. The system is operating exactly as it was designed in the minds of the people that created it. Right. So how do we change the system? KRS-One. He wrote a song back in the days called Black Cop. Yep. 
So if I become an officer and I become a black cop based off the song, mm -hmm. I'm one of the worst actors in the in the because now yeah. I'm, I'm operating against my own color. Yeah. Karen's not supposed to be able to say, yeah. well, let me let crime happen. No. It shouldn't be a choice that that's the only way forward. Yeah. And Kara said in an interview I was watching recently, he was talking about the, the scope of pro-blackness, progressive politics, uh, anti-racist ideology. He said, you have some people who like, I'm gonna be a more, I'm not gonna pay taxes, I'm not gonna participate in that system. You have other people who say, I'm gonna move out the country. You have other people who say, I'm not gonna vote. I used to be one of them people. Because I didn't see, I didn't see voting in our best interests. I've, I've changed my tune on that after I read more about Brother Malcolm and how Malcolm worked with uh, Adam Clay Powell, particularly in Harlem, to create yes, voting blocks and yes, how to get the people to vote and how you can use voting as a revolutionary tool if we're doing it together as a community. There are other people, yourself, uh, even the Obamas who come from a social justice activist background but decided, okay, well, I want to get inside the system and work within the system politically to change some things. These are people we call progressives. Yes, indeed. They, people like yourself, you know that change is not something that comes overnight. It comes in increments. It's very tedious. It's not for the lazy. It's not for the weak. Yeah. It's not for people who want instant oatmeal and instant grits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they make us think that we live in a microwave society. That's right. So this is where people get confused. <laughs> when Obama, in my opinion, is a centrist Democrat. Yeah. Corporate interest, but also understands what the people need, understands he comes from our culture. Yeah. Comes from hip-hop culture, comes from activism. So he's able to be practical and to be pragmatic. A lot of people in the activist community are not with being pragmatic. Yeah. But some people see it as a strategy. We live in a system, politically, that only respects the two-party system. Technically, you should be able to run as whatever you want to run as. You chose to run as a Democrat. A lot of people in our community have righteous criticism for the Democrats. Criticisms that they're not wrong about. I believe that a lot of times when they echo their criticisms, is in the wrong spaces. We're out here criticizing Donald Trump, and they'll show up with the whataboutism and the deflecting, and well, the Democrats did do, well, yeah, 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 that's true, but is this the context to make that statement? So with that context, can you explain why you as a politician, and I know you were endorsed by Cornel West, who is not, doesn't identify as a Democrat, but why you chose in your context to run as a Democrat? Well, see, the thing about it is this. When I think about politics, I think about the majority. Mm -hmm. And in this country, because we majority, do have to vote. Right. So <laughs> the majority is Democrat and Republican. That's right. In order to govern, and see, this is the beauty of a person that has to govern according to man's law. I'm also governing according to God's law. So my word is my bond. That's right. Means something so different. Because the people from that culture, that, right. that space, understand what that means. Right, right. The right. outgrowth of culture, birth hip-hop, the thing that, the, that was stolen from us. They stole it from us in such a way that we lost our minds, but we recreated something that allowed for the modern-day brio or jelly to yeah. be. Yeah. And so for me, in the political space, I had to know, how do I show up? I yeah. know I'm a man of God. Yeah. And, this, and this is just me being real talk. Yeah. Donald Trump is a Republican. Right. I'm right. against Donald Trump. Politics is strategy. Politics is strategy, but also 
the best thing that we could give ourselves and gift ourselves is being a people who know that one day we're going to be judged before the great creator. Yeah. If we don't know that, when we, when we close our eyes for the last time in this reality and open them for the first time in the next, that's when we will be saying to ourselves, damn, I messed up. Yeah. Because it's about doing all that you can with what you have. And some people may say, it's a sellout to do this or that. My thing is non-participation is participation. That's right. If you don't participate... Your silence is complicity. Your si listen, we just walked here. The roads ain't all that great. But imagine if the people on this avenue that hip-hop was birthed... Right. ...took it amongst themselves... Right. ...to say, my word is my power. Yeah. We're going to vote to make sure that our road is going to be paved in gold. Yeah. Can you imagine that? We yeah. show up on the 50th anniversary... And it looks like gold streets. Right. It's like you said, it's, 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 about, it's about the majority. It's like the reality in the two-party system is that if you're not running as a Democrat or Republican, you're not going to win. Right. That's the reality. It shouldn't be that way. I tell the people who want to critique that system, it's easy to critique that system during election year, especially during a presidential election year. But what are you doing in between those years to change the two-party system and to get money out of politics? Like to make politics it is important. What, what are you doing? Are you, you just complaining? You can't just complain. Yeah. Because see, that's the you're, you're making such a brilliant, beautiful point. Mm -hmm. If all I do is march, mm -hmm. if all I do is yell, if all, I, if all I do is cry out, who's in the halls of power to hear my voice? That's right. That's right. So now I got to be the answer. I got to look in the mirror and say, I'm the one that needs to be able to participate in that system. That's right. Because I could do it anywhere. But imagine me, Yusuf Salam, one of the formerly known members of the Central Park Five, now exonerated five, soon to be councilman. Imagine me participating politically anywhere other than New York. Yeah. Anywhere other than New York is off Broadway. Yeah. I had to come back to the scene of the crime to participate yeah. at a high level and say, no, this is where I'm going to do the best work. That's right. And leave the legacy that needs to be. That's right. Now, you're also an author. You talked a little bit about your poetry books. But you're also a family man. You have a big family, oh, a lot man. of kids. Yes, sir. And you wrote, uh, co-authored young adult literature, Punching the Air. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. mess up the author's name. So <laughs> E.B. Zaboy. E.B. Zaboy. E.B. Zaboy, yes, yeah. indeed. I have a bookstore online at Kira Books. You know, I used to work at Kira Books in Brooklyn, nice. um, and so I, it, it closed down because we couldn't afford the rent, Park Slope. So now I have it online. So I told my people, we got to get that book, punching the air in the book. Listen, that book is because, award, that's an award-winning book. That's still winning the book. Yes, yeah, I read about it. And Kiro means the best is yet to come. Yeah. It's Ebo, and it's because the lady, Adelaide Miller and, and Leo Theo Owens, Miller Owens, who started the, the bookstore, did it to have multicultural black books for children in yes, the New York City school system. Yes, so I'm trying to continue. That tradition, so oh, it's important. It's important. Right. And you know what's deep about it, too? We really need a black bookstore that is about the Timbuktu of now. Yeah. Because, see, what they did with programs like Audible, brilliant. Okay, yeah, you know what? If I got to fly somewhere, if I got to drive somewhere, it's going to take me some time, I could turn my car, my flight into a university. Yeah. But imagine if we did that with Asada Shakur's autobiography. Right. With blood in my eye. Right. I mean, like, what? Right. By the time I touch the ground, 
I'm that much more educated in the in the urgency of now right. with what we need to be about. Right. Because they hide it in books. Right. They hide it in books. Karis one. Take your head out of the pillow and put a book in it. Right. Right. In the library where they buried the lies. My God. These are the lessons we get from Karis one. Where they buried the lies. No My doubt. God. <laughs> no doubt. Now, I'm gonna end on this question. And thank you for your time and oh, thank you for my doing pleasure, this. Brother. Um, too often when we talk about activists who become politicians, right? Shout out to Mayor Karen Bass, who was also on the show. Comes from an activist background, but echo your sentiments about if I'm just protesting, what work am I getting done? Sometimes the job, we see too often that the job becomes trying to maintain that position, trying to maintain. You know, you, you have a lot of donors you got to please. You know, politicians just become politicians for a living. So now that you've been elected, the real work has begun. Yes, indeed. You've spoken about a brighter future for Harlem. What's your vision for the brighter future for Harlem, and how are you going to tangibly enact that? So the beautiful thing about my whole campaign is that I was able to utilize my words. I'm not a politician. Right. So therefore, there we this go. will not be politics as usual. There we go. And it's beautiful go. to be able to say that. Yeah. Because everyone knows that it's in our community, when, when we talk about politics, we were the ones who birthed the word politics. That's right. Why do we call it politics? Because people have always promised us the moon and delivered us the mud. Imagine if people promised us the moon and worked at delivering us the moon. It's about the legacy of our children's children's children that matters. Yes. So we got to be able, like I've always said, to maneuver ourselves in 50 to 100 year cycles. Yeah. We can't be thinking about right now and say it's about tomorrow. No, it is about tomorrow because we got to solve for some real things that are going on. Yeah. But we also have to make sure that we don't lose sight of what's what are we going to be doing 100 years from now? What is what is what my ripple going to affect? Yes. And that's the part that's important. If I go into this space because I need a job, mm -hmm. I'm going into it for the wrong reason. That's right. People love the fact that I'm running. They love the fact that I campaigned the way I did because it ushered in a whole new sentiment and a whole new reality. Yeah. It gave people the knowledge and wisdom and understanding that this will not be politics as usual. That a very miracle has happened. That's a miracle. But the very miracle is not just that I'm a miracle. The miracle is us coming together to lift the mountain. That's right. My professor, she said to me that if we wanted to end white supremacy, white male dominance tomorrow, we could end white supremacy, white male dominance tomorrow. Our problem is that we're not unified. The so races are unified. If we get unified, yeah. imagine if we organize ourselves. Yeah. Imagine if we say all money ain't good money. There's a January 6th. These are, these are police officers, yeah. politicians, yeah. Republicans, people who were around, conservatives in the D.C. area, who felt like the white majority was supposed to be represented, and it was not. That's our house. We're taking that house back. They were wrong, but they were organized. They were organized? Not, not organized, per se, unified. No, they were organized, yeah. too. In back because channels, they were let in the door. They had, they, had, they had messaging and all of that. Yeah. Stuff. 
Yeah. Our thing is, and, and their thing is, they truly believe in states' right to own people. That's, they, that's they, right. They don't, they don't put the whole statement together. That's right. right? That's why they, that's why so they wave Confederate flags. Right, so Charlottesville, the Confederate flag, all of that I performed stuff. in Charlottesville Thursday night. Man. I brought it up on stage. The audience was uncomfortable. I thought I was going to bring it up to cheers. And I said, you know, y'all really showed out. You know why? Because they, they got to live there. They got to live there, and I'm leaving. But they don't know mm -hmm. that they are powerful people. That's right. I had to tell them. So we got to stand up for ourselves. That's right. Because guess what? When they come for one of us, I never forget there was a song, and I forget who the author was. But they said, me today, you tomorrow. What happens if we all say no? That's right. That's not, that wasn't in the song. But what I'm saying is, what happens if we all say no? Right. What happens if we move like the young brothers in Montgomery, Alabama? Just throw your hat in the air. Throw the bat signal out there. I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt. Today is different than yesterday. That's right. And that's why that clip is so viral and why it's so emotional for us. Yes. Because the instant karma of seeing people come together, oh. and I'm not even going to speak on race. It was the racial dynamics played out because of the history of that land. Yes, indeed. Because of where it was at. Yes, indeed. And because of the history of that dock. But that was just good people versus bad people. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. I loved it. I loved it, too. I didn't repose. But best, best believe I saw it. I'm taking note. I reposted with the, with the with the Avengers with the Avengers Doctor Strange rings and put the Avengers music behind it just to show solidarity. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I love that part too. Yeah. The, the fact that we can have joy yeah. in this moment. And the, a young brother I just heard just just got got the home. Thing, the thing the that's young so sixteen year old Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. He's home now. Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, the brother took his shoe off, too. Hey, he, for that brother for he, 16 years old to swim all that water weight and still body slam somebody? Oh, man. That was the Ogun. That was the spirit of the Ogun up in him. <laughs> and see, that's us. Right? That right there is us. Yes. The totality of it. Like, we are supposed to be here. Yes. I don't want to go there, but literally, like, they are our children. Yes, absolutely. We are the majority. Absolutely. But legally, they call us the minority. That's right. What does that mean, that's, legally? That's trignology. Because there's trignology in that. There's the connotation and the denotation. Hey, man, slavery, Connotatively, it'll slavery say, used to be legal. My God. And that's why you talk about man law versus God oh, Yes, sir. Yeah. But they'll tell us that, connotatively, we are in need of adult supervision. That's right, which is why they used to call us and boy and children afraid. and all that. They still cowboy. That's right. And guess who the cowboy is? The original cowboy was the black man. That's right. But we Buffalo not, soldiers. We're not associated with that. That's right. That we're was associated that, with a white man. That was too righteous. The cowboys they talking about is is, <laughs> is drinking whiskey and robbing banks and all the. They, look, look, when I was doing my three year old son, he watch he watches TV sometimes. He was talking like a pirate. Wow. He was like, "Ahoy, matey." He's three years old, so he's not going to understand everything. But I had to tell him, I said, I said, you know the Pirates of the Caribbean was dirty, stinking, rum-drinking, diseased thieves who were stealing from black people. Man. And they put them in Disney and said, we're going to make a movie. That's our heroes. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm voyeuristic. I you enjoy those movies, but I know what I'm looking at. But see, the thing about yeah. it is that the majority don't. Yeah. It's like the old V8 commercial. Yeah. Where everybody who came out of their homes was leaning on the side, but that one young man yep. came out. He's standing up. Yeah. He got the V8 can. Yeah. And everybody say, "Damn, I wish I had a V8." And I should have had a V8. But now, 
everybody is leaning to the side and the person that's standing upright, that person is looking as if they are the ones that are out of order. That's right. We're not crazy. We are sane reaction to a crazy yes, world. Indeed. And to break it down even another layer, that's technology too, because MVA's got a lot of sugar in them too. <laughs> Absolutely. Brother Youssef Salam, thank you for doing this. This is the most hip-hop thing we can do because hip-hop is not just about, uh, you know, peace, love, unity, and having fun. Yes, indeed. It's about the, 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 one of the elements of hip-hop is the culture. I can't think of nothing more culturally relevant than interviewing brother Dr. Youssef Salam at the at 1520 Sedgwick, the 50th anniversary <laughs> of hip-hop. Me and his brother the same age. We almost 50. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. We on our way. I love you, I respect you, love I appreciate you. Too, you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bless no you. doubt.